Welcome to the Claremont County Public Library's Book Lovers Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and today I'm joined by Jordan and Shana. Remember that show notes with links to all of the titles we talk about is available at claremontlibrary.org. So Jordan, since you're a resident horror fan, do you want to go first? Sure. Go ahead and jump in it. I actually have the book with me right here. So this one is pretty new. The one I'll be talking about first is called The Mary Shelley Club by Goldie Moldavsky. And I was really drawn to this book because the description talked about like horror films and horror film fans and stuff like that. So I really connected with that personally. But I have the synopsis right here. So new girl Rachel Chavez is eager to make a fresh start at Manchester, but as one of the few scholarship kids, Rachel struggles to fit in. And when she gets caught up in a prank gone awry, she ends up with more enemies than friends. To her surprise, however, the prank attracts the attention of the Mary Shelley Club, a secret club of students with one objective, come up with the scariest prank to orchestrate real fear. But as the pranks escalate, the competition turns cutthroat and takes on a life of its own. When the tables are turned and someone targets the club itself, Rachel must track down the real-life monster in their midst, even if it means finally confronting the dark secrets from her past. So I had the day off yesterday, and I've just finished this book yesterday, and it takes a lot to like really get me super engaged in a scary story and like really feel what the author wants me to feel. And this one really did it. It was very very, very well written, constructed very, very well. The characters were very lifelike, which I always appreciate. And Mary Shelley is one of my idols. I want to be her when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) So the title attracted me right away. And then just the characters in the club, like, oh, I love these things and I have no one else to talk about with them. And I'm like, that's me. I love it so much. And it usually just freaks everyone out. Who doesn't love a good secret society, especially if it Mm -hmm. involves scary because that mm-hmm. never goes wrong. Yeah, it was a really fun read. Most of it takes place around mm-hmm. Halloween. So this is definitely great Halloween read. Good. All right, Shanna, you ready to dive in? Got your spooky book? I am. So this one, it's spooky to me. It's more of like a psychological thriller mystery. And what really drew me into it is because it has a character who has multiple personality disorder. So it's, it's really good. Here's the summary. Grace never dreamt she'd visit her teenage daughter Penny in the locked ward of a decaying state psychiatric hospital charged with the murder of a stranger. There was not much question of her daughter's guilt. Police had her fingerprints on the murder weapon and the victim's blood on her body and clothes, but they didn't have a motive. None of this was conceivable the day Penny came into Grace's life. Then it seemed like a miracle. Penny was found abandoned with a mysterious past and it felt like fate brought Penny to her and her husband, Arthur. But as Penny grew, her actions grew more disturbing and different personalities emerged. Arthur and Grace took Penny to different psychiatrists, many of whom believed that she was just putting on a show to help manage her trauma, but Grace didn't buy it. The personas were too real, too consistent. It had to be a severe multiple personality disorder. Penny's doctor, a determined psychiatrist, discovers a new personality inside of Penny, a young girl named Abigail. Is this the nameless girl who was abandoned in the park years ago? Her doctor thinks Abigail is the key to Penny's past and to the murder. 
But as they dig deeper, they uncover dark and shocking secrets. That sounds good and twisty. It was very good and twisty. And I mean, it just has all the good components of a good, like, thrilling book. So you've got brutal murder, a mental hospital theme, unreliable characters. It was very good at making you question your own reality, which to me is scary, Mm -hmm. just as you go through the story with the characters. And a lot of the story takes place in the psychiatric hospital, which is an intense setting for a story, I think. And this particular hospital houses mentally ill people who are dangerous to themselves and to others. So Penny, one of the characters, she is caught at a murder scene and it looks as if she killed the person. I mean, there's no question about it. She did it, but she has three or four different personas that they know of. And so when they find her, she's saying, my name is Emily. They're like, who's Emily? Your license says your name is Penny, you know? So, and the mom knows. She's like, oh gosh. And Emily is the one that is like the most aggressive, the most disturbed persona. So it was really good. It definitely spooked me out. (laughs) Yeah, I love a good, scary kid (laughs) storyline. Those are usually really effective. All right, Jordan. I know you have to have another one. Share it with us. So the next one I have is called House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland. It's also a, a fairly new book. So the synopsis here, Iris has spent most of her teenage years trying to avoid the weirdness that sticks to her like tar. But when her eldest sister, Gray, goes missing under suspicious circumstances, Iris learns just how weird her life can get. Horned men start shadowing. Corpse falls out of her sister's seal and ugly, impossible memories start to twist their way to the forefront of her mind. As Iris retraces Gray's last known steps and follows the increasingly bizarre trail of breadcrumbs she left behind, it becomes apparent that the only way to save her sister is to decipher the mystery of what happened to them as children. The closer Iris gets to the truth, the closer she comes to understanding that the answer is dark and dangerous and that Gray has been keeping a terrible secret from her for years. More terrible secrets. And this is another thing about this book. I did not know what was going on. Like I thought I, I was figuring it out every chapter. I was like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. And then something else would be thrown in, like, oh, never mind. So I had I had no idea what was really happening. It's one of those books you cannot put it down. It's one o'clock in the morning. You have to keep going. I love that your eyes are heavy. You're like, no, I can do it. I need to go. (laughs) That was so good. And even at the end, like when you think it's all resolved, there's still more. There's still more until the very last page. Um, So it was just really, really dynamic. And in addition to that, like the writing so beautifully done and precise. There's a lot of nature elements. Like we've seen in other horror novels recently, like Mexican Gothic, incorporating nature and the more grotesque sides of nature into horror and also in addition to the beautiful sides of nature. And it was kind of grotesque at times. So just to be aware of that, it was a very intense body horror thrown in there, some natural elements. I think she's trying to say that this book might not be for us. Don't read it yet. Well, when she said a corpse falls through the sister's ceiling, I was like, oh gosh. I yeah. believe 
Yeah, it was way more intense than I expected. For the stuff that I read, it didn't bother me that much, but it was just unexpected. Another thing that I loved, in addition to the writing and the construction, I loved the characters so much. They were so lifelike. Everyone had a very distinct personality, which is really important to me when I'm reading a book. Like, I don't want flat characters. I don't want characters that all have the same voice. And just the way that these characters were presented as like, oh yeah, I know this person. I get this person and like how they're going to react to this situation. And then one of my notes I have about this book is that it is the definition of a page turner. It's one of those books, if you have to stop at some point or you get interrupted, it's so frustrating because you just want to keep going. This book just checked all the boxes for me. It was so engaging. It was so beautifully written. The horror elements were there. The family drama mystery was all there. It was five stars, five out of five. It was great. That sounds good. I love when a book is so good that that you can't stop. And then even when you do finish it, you're a little mad at yourself because why did I speed through this book? You know, you want it to last forever. And I love books like that. Got another one for us? I do. So this one I really enjoyed. This one is, it's fairly new. It's Survive the Night by Riley Sager. I listened to the audiobook on this, but we do have copies in the stem of the book. So the audio though, I highly recommend because the narrator does a really good job of really bringing you into the main character whose name is Charlie. And just putting yourself in her shoes and what she experiences in the book. And it's a really interesting book because it takes place in just a mere 24 hours. So it's definitely a page turner, very fast paced thriller. Uh, I really enjoy it. Here's the summary. It's November, 1991. George H.W. Bush is in the White House. Nirvana's in the tape deck and college student Charlie Jordan is in a car with a man who might be a serial killer. Charlie meets Josh at the campus ride board where they were both looking to share the long drive home to Ohio. Both of them have good reasons for wanting to get away. For Charlie, it's guilt and grief over the recent murder of her best friend and roommate. She was the third victim of the man known as the campus killer. Charlie cannot bear to stay in her half-empty dorm room without Maddie another day, so she is heading home. Josh is heading home to help care for his sick father, who recently had a stroke, or so he says. After Charlie gets into the car with Josh and they head out onto the interstate, she begins to doubt his story. There is something suspicious about Josh, and Charlie begins to suspect that he is, in fact, the campus killer. The night takes a sudden turn of events, and Charlie has to do everything she can to survive the night. That sounds intense. Yeah. Yeah, I I also read this recently. I love Sager. Yeah. He's fantastic. I also read this recently, and this was another one where I was up reading way too late. And then it it left off on this giant cliffhanger, and I was so upset that I had to go to bed. It's definitely, like Shana said, the very short timeline that we have in the story is like a ticking clock the whole time and everything has to fit in that time frame and everything's just counting down to the end. It, it's a fun one. That was another one I thought I had it figured out and then... And you don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, the author did a fantastic job in just keeping it so suspenseful. I mean, the whole time, like you said, you're kind of on the edge of your seat and you're in the car with Charlie and Josh and 
it's at night. So you got to picture it. It's 1991. So there are no cell phones to contact somebody, you know, Charlie depends on a pay phone when they stop at a diner or a gas station. And of course the first pay phone they get to when she first starts having issues with Josh doesn't work. The pay phone's out of order. So then she's just kind of like, well, I could ask the gas station worker if they have a phone inside, but it's not, you know, it's not like today where it's like, oh, I have my phone or someone has a phone in their pocket, you know? And so that was eerie and it's November. So it's cold, it's snowing, it's dark, and she's a weirdo and trapped in his car. And there's just so many weird things that he does. But the fun thing about this book is that Charlie, they don't really say exactly what she has. She calls them movies. So she sees movies in her mind. And so what she'll do is let's say she's sitting there and she'll envision like a whole scene between her and someone else or between two people. And then like, she'll like snap to back to reality and that, that never happened. So it's almost like she had delusions or hallucinations, but they don't really say what she has. And she's a movie major too, like a film major. So she's really into movies because of her knowledge in that she picks up on things with Josh, like this isn't right. His story isn't adding up. He's lying to me. But then she second guesses herself because she thinks, did I just imagine that? Was that a movie in my head? You know, is he really just a normal person? So she just keeps getting back in the car with him and you're sitting there like, no, (laughs) don't do it. And then things take a turn. You think you know what's happening. You don't. And things just take a turn and it gets wild. And then the very last chapter, it's, it's interesting. I don't want to give it away. So definitely a good book. It was definitely unexpected in a very good way. When you can't figure it out. I love that. I love when I think I have figured it out and I totally haven't. Those make me the happiest. Yeah. Yeah, There's actually a part where she does get to a payphone and she calls her boyfriend who's back on campus and they set up like a code. He tells her, if you need help, we'll have a code word. And so their code is things took a detour And so she says that to him on the phone and it was kind of ironic because like the whole book, you're like, things are taking a detour the whole time I'm reading this. I have no idea who is telling the truth, what is real, what's not real. So it was good. Yeah. As soon as Charlie started talking about her movies and when she gets detached from reality, just to cope with this trauma that she's still experiencing. I was like, yay, unreliable narrator. She is. She's definitely an unreliable narrator and character because the book's only told from her point of view. I mean, there's a couple chapters from Josh's point of view, but they're very brief, like a few paragraphs, maybe. So it's a good one. Some of his other books, but I'm definitely going to have to put this one on my list because yeah. it sounds really Yeah, I, I think this is Riley Saker's fifth or sixth novel, and I've read all of them, and I really enjoy his writing. Um, he takes very classic horror tropes like The Cabin in the Woods, The Haunted House, The Final Girl, but mm-hmm. he makes it his own thing and really takes it places you've never would have thought to take it. So I'm a big Riley Sager fan. Yeah, yeah I yeah. loved, um, is it Lock Every Door? Yes, I love that one. I think that was my favorite. Love it. Mm -hmm. This is my first by him. So I'll have to, you know, it's not my typical genre. I'm trying to branch out. 
I'll definitely have to check out another book by him because I really liked how he made it eerie. Like, and he made it disturbing, but not in a super gruesome way, I guess, or something that makes me definitely, I don't want to read this. I'm uncomfortable, you know, just very like chilling. There's a part where the police know it's the same person committing these murders is that he'll take a tooth from the victim. And so Charlie and Josh are in the car and they're on the highway and it's nighttime and, you know, road trip and they start to play 20 questions. And so she has to guess what Josh is thinking of. And she asks very basic questions, you know, and does the way he answers, it's creepy. And then his item that he was thinking of is a human. And Charlie just kind of sits there and she like shivers and is like, what? Of all things. And then he immediately is like, oh, I'm so sorry. Isn't that the campus killer's trademark? I'm so sorry. I know you're still grieving from your friend. And I'm thinking, who would go there then? You know, it's very disturbing. Disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, that part got me. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, I was me. trying to figure it out as I was reading, and then I got to that, and I was like, wow, no. He's scary. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Creepy. Okay, so because it's, I think, did both of you read Mexican Gothic? I know you mm-hmm. did, Jordan, did you? Yeah. So did. there's a new book coming out called The Death of Jane Lawrence, mm-hmm. and it's got a very similar Gothic vibe, although it's more historical. Mm-hmm. alternate reality yeah, yeah. That well it's been on my reading list for a while yeah. I can see you absolutely loving it Shane I'm not sure it's going to be your cup of tea there's a lot of body horror in it oh <laughs> and I'll just say that the grossness of what Sylvia Moreno Garcia did with mushrooms yeah expect that with eggs with eggs oh. I'm not even a fan of eggs anyway she's she's picking like two of the foods well one I'm allergic to mushrooms so I definitely don't like mushrooms and I don't like anything fungal and two <laughs> eggs are just kind of eggs are just ugh, like so this isn't the same author this is an author named uh Caitlin Starling oh, oh okay but it's got a very similar vibe <laughs> to Mexican gothic but yeah there's a part with Jane and she's eating these raw eggs it gets worse and worse and worse yeah that's all I, I'm thought, say. I thought you meant it was by the same author and I'm thinking what's wrong with this woman why, <laughs> why does she write about gross food I can uh see you enjoying the death of Jane Lawrence Jordan it seemed kind of a th- mm-hmm. yeah it's been on my wa- on my reading list for a while and I keep watching for it to see if it's gonna pop up well thank you both for some awesome spooky creepy book suggestions we've got it all we've got from suspenseful to oh my gosh that's awful so that's good a little bit of something for everybody so thank you for joining me thank you to our listeners remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode and if you're so inclined please hit the like button viewers follow the claremont library youtube channel for this and other great library content You can find all of the books that we talked about today in our catalog or in our digital collection via the Libby Hoopla or Freeding apps. You'll find links to all of those in the show notes at claremontlibrary.org. Happy reading!